pray. Father God, Lord, how are you? I've just fallen asleep here. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, we thank you for the peace and the laughter and your word and the truth of your word, Lord. And we just say, bring it, Lord. Just speak to our hearts. Uh, let us know, Father, what you want us to know. But we'd like to see all the wonders and, the, and things about Jesus that, that he's done and and we just praise you, Lord. We thank you for this time we have to even get nourishment, Lord. And uh, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And we just want more of you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to July 22nd, 2 Chronicles 6, 12 to 8, 10. And it says, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel, and he lifted his hands in prayer. Now Solomon had made a bronze platform seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high, and had placed it at the center of the temple's outer courtyard. He stood on the platform, and then he knelt in front of the entire community, and lifted his hands towards heaven and he prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven and earth. You keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant. David, my father, you made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands. You have fulfilled it today. And now, O Lord God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow my laws, my law as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O Lord God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David. But will God really live on earth among people? Why even the highest heavens cannot contain you? How much less this temple I have built. Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and, oh, and my plea, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you. May you watch over this temple day and night, this place where you have said you would put your name. May you always hear the prayers I make toward this place. May you hear the humble and earnest requests for me and your people Israel when we pray towards this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live and where you hear, forgive. And when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar at the temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Pay back the guilty as they deserve, acquit the innocent because of their innocence. If your people Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn back and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people, Israel, and return them to this land you gave to them and to their ancestors. If the skies are shut up and there's no rain because your people have sinned, 
against you, and if they pray towards this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins because you have punished them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people of Israel. Teach them to follow the right path and send rain on, the, on your land that you have given to your people as their special possession. If there is a famine in the land or a plague or crop disease or attacks of locusts or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging the towns wherever, the, wherever disaster or disease there is, and if your people, Israel, pray about their, their troubles or sorrow, raising their hands towards the temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. Then they will fear you and walk in your ways as long as they live in the land you have given to your ancestors. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you. They will come from the distant lands when they hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray towards the temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant <laughs> what they asked of you. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you just as your own people, Israel, do. They too will know that this temple <laughs> I have built honors your name. If your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies, and if they pray to you by turning towards the city, you have chosen, and towards this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers from heaven and uphold their cause. If they sin against you, and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them and let their enemies conquer them and take them captive to a foreign land far away or near. But in that land of exile they might turn to you in repentance and pray, We have sinned, done evil, and acted wickedly. If they turn to you with their whole heart, and soul in the land of the, their captivity and pray towards the land you gave to their ancestors toward the city you have chosen and towards this temple I have built to honor your name. Then hear their prayers and their petitions from heaven where you live and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Oh my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place. And now arise, O Lord God, and enter your resting place, along with the ark, the symbol of your power. May your priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your loyal servants rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not reject the king you have anointed. Remember your unfailing love for your servant David. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of, of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord saying, He's good. His faithful love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord. 
King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. And so the king and all the people dedicated the temple of God. The priests took their assigned positions and so did the Levites who were singing. His faithful love endures forever. They accompanied the singing with music from the instruments King David had made for praising the Lord across from the Levites. The priests blew the trumpets while all Israel stood. Solomon then consecrated the central area of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt offerings and the fat of peace offerings there. Because the bronze altar is he built, had built he had built could not hold all the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and sacrificial fat. For the next seven days, Solomon and all Israel celebrated the festival of shelters. A large congregation had gathered from as far away as Libohamath in the north and the brook of Egypt in the south. On the eighth day, they had a closing ceremony, for they had celebrated the dedication of the altar for seven days and the festival of shelters for seven days. Then at the end of the celebration, Solomon sent the people home. They were all joyful and glad because the Lord had been so good to David and Solomon and to his people Israel. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then when I Lord one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I've heard your prayer and chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Amen. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. As for you, if you faithfully follow me as David your father did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty. For I made this covenant with your father David when I said one of your descendants will always, be, always rule over Israel. But if you or your descendants abandon me and disobey the decrees and commands I've given you, and if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot the people from the land that I have given them. I will reject the temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make it a, an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. And though the temple is impressive now, all who pass by will be appalled. They will, they will ask, Why did the Lord do such terrible things to this land and to this temple? And the answer will be because His people abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt and worshipped other gods instead of 
instead and bowed down to them. That is why he has brought all these disasters on them. It took Solomon 20 years to build the Lord's temple and his own royal palace. At the end of that time, Solomon turned his attention to rebuilding the towns of that king Hiram had given him. Solomon had also fought against the town of Hamath Zobath and conquered it. He rebuilt Tadmor in the wilderness and built towns in the region of Hamath as supply centers. He fortified the towns of Upper Beth Haran and Lowest Beth Haran, rebuilding their walls and installing their bar gates. He also rebuilt Baal and other the okay and the other supply centers and constructed towns where the, his chariots and horses could be stationed. He built everything he desired in Jerusalem and Lebanon and throughout the entire realm. These, they were still some people living in the land who were not Israelites, including the Tites, no, including the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. These were descendants of the nations whom the people of Israel had not destroyed. So Solomon conspired from his labor force. Conscripted. <laughs> from his labor force, and they serve in the labor force to this day. But Solomon did not conscript any of the Israelites for his labor force. Instead, he assigned them to serve as fighting men, officers in the army, commanders of his chariots and charioteers. King Solomon appointed 250 of them to supervise the people. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow, wow. Double wow. Thanks for all that reading. Boy, that was a long reading. Yeah. I'll read the um, today's study, Certain Chronicles. The temple was dedicated to God, and Solomon and the people prepared to worship him. Dedication means setting apart a place, an object, or a person for an exclusive purpose. It's like our Bible study. We dedicate this time. The purpose of this dedication was to set apart the, the temple as a place to worship God. Things were set apart in the way where we were considered holy. The fire that God sent from heaven was to burn continually under the altar of burnt offering. Leviticus 6, 8, 13. This perpetual fire symbolized God's presence. Earlier, God had done the same thing when inaugurating the tabernacle in Leviticus 9, 24. Solomon and Israel had a ceremony of dedication, but God's fire from heaven was the real dedication of the temple because only God's purifying power can make something holy. Zechariah 13, 9. Amen. Today we are God's temple, walking and living, both collectively and individually. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, and 19. When God's Spirit came at Pentecost, His presence was visible in tongues of fire. Acts 2, 3, and 4. Those in whom the Holy Spirit dwells are made holy, set apart by His presence, in the same way that Solomon dedicated the temple and God made it holy, we should dedicate ourselves to fulfill God's purpose as His Spirit dwells in us and makes us holy. Amen. Yeah.
Okay, let most asked questions. This is the other study. It's interesting because they're not, they're very randomly scarce. Here's one. What made the temple in Jerusalem God's temple? God had promised David that he would place his own name on the temple in Jerusalem. First Chronicles 17, 4, 14. When God puts his name on a place, it is, signifies his possession of it. The temple was the house that fulfilled God's promise to David. It was the chosen place where God's name was called on the place where the covenant was preserved and the place where God's name was acknowledged in confession and praise. For the people of Israel, the temple represented the land God promised to them and marked by his name. It was the ultimate symbol of God's relationship with Israel. So Solomon prayed that God will remember his relationship with Israel and hear their prayers of his temple. Today, God's fulfillment of his oath to David is in the living temple, the community of God's people. Peter urges believers to come to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for a greater honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that pleases God. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. God's name rests on his people as it did on his temple. Amen. That's beautiful. The, uh, the worship, the fire from heaven, and we are the living temple. There's not much we can run on that. But God can really live on earth among his people. Can he? Question mark. Second, Second Chronicles 6.18 When the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this temple? So the way God lives inside of us is through the Holy Spirit and His love. I saw a 30,000-foot God that I saw, about 28,000 feet high, can come. I saw Him on His throne, sitting on His throne. I couldn't see His face because of the clouds that were you know, covering his face, but he was in, uh, he was on his throne. Amen. you have anything else to add to that? No. Okay, I'm going to move to Romans 7, okay. 14 to 8, 8. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the, that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind, 
This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. Amen. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads you to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent His Son in a bodily like the bodies of we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful natures, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature and think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the Spirit. So letting your sinful natures control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Amen. Okay, today's study, Romans 7, 15-25, says, Paul knows... From personal experience, the eternal conflict that every Christian faces at one point or another. There is great tension in the daily Christian life. The conflict of, is that we agree with God's command but, but cannot do them. As a result, we are painful, aware of our sin. Paul struggled with sin as much as we, we do. For Paul, finding hope, meaning returning to the place where he started, when he felt overwhelmed by the spiritual battle. He refocused on Jesus alone and the freedom from sin found in him. Life and the struggle with sin be can become complicated and disorienting. We can lose our hope and shut our eyes in despair, yet even while these complexities swirl around you, remember the simple fate you started with, the simple cry to God, the simple trust and relief. When you feel confused and are overwhelmed by sin, focus on the freedom Christ gives. Remember the love of God has for you. It's unconditional and it's intoxicated. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I say uh, we can override our nature by saying, I thank you, God, for my gambling habit. I thank you, God, for my speeding habit. I, you know, you say the truth, and you're acknowledging it, and as soon as you acknowledge it, and you take a little bit of its power away, you may have to say it 12 times or, or 8 times to get gain power over it, but you have to violate it 8 times, 12 times, so you can bring it to the forefront and, and justify yourself by saying, in Christ Jesus, I'm delivered from this. I thank you, God, for this gambling habit. I thank you, God, for my anger. 
I praise you for my a big mouth. I praise you for my uh, my inconsideration of being graceful or thoughtful. All of that habits, you acknowledge him. And uh, Christ, the Holy Spirit, will come to the forefront. And the power of God, we won't have condemnation. See, the trick of the enemy is to keep condemning you and to for you to use your own self-sufficiency, your own will, your own power, your own in your own self to changing yourself and you're caught on a on a ferris wheel you just you can't get off but acknowledging god that you're that you're sinful and you thank god that you messed the sinful a short secrets condemnation and breaks it up it says wisdom god's wisdom amen okay praying the psalms rejoicing god who hears your prayers from this sanctuary and gathers up his powers to respond. Rejoicing in God, who hears our prayers from his temple, so he's inside of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Amen. And gathers up his power to respond through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Psalms 18, 1 through 15. I love you, Lord. This is my favorite psalm, one of my favorites. I memorized 1, 2, and 3 before. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I call on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and He saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangle me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Hallelujah. Then the earthquake and tremble and the foundations of the mountain shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fiery flame leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storms, clouds beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew. He flew soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals the lord thundered from heaven the voice of the most high resounded amid the hail and burning coals he shot his arrows and scattered his enemies his lightning flashed and they were greatly confused then at your command o lord at the blast of your breath the bottom of the sea could be seen, and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 19, 24-25. Lazy people take food in their mouth, but don't even lift it to their... No, lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it up to their mouth. If you punish a mocker, the simple-minded will learn a lesson. If you punish a mocker, the simple-minded will learn a lesson. If you correct the wise, 
they will be all that wiser. Amen and amen. Blessed be the word of the Lord.